Awesome, you guys can be seated. Good to see you this morning. How are you doing? All right. How's the rest of you doing? Everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Awesome, we did too, man. Tryptophan was flowing freely in our home. Uh, we were actually in Dallas. Beth and I went to go see some family and uh, just a really funny story to me. It was a funny story. It wasn't funny to my rest of my family probably, but we were, I'm an amazing cook and we were cooking a turkey and it was a big uh, butter ball. It's a 20, 20 plus pounder, it was massive, but it took up the whole oven. So we couldn't cook anything else but the turkey. So we had the turkey in there and, uh, and then you know how that, that happens where the juices start to flow and all that kind of stuff. And I had a pretty shallow dish and, and that the, the turkey was in. And so it was time to come out of the oven and I was uh, in the back room getting ready. And so I told my wife, just ask my brother to pull the turkey out. Well, when he did, he just pulled and it sloshed all of the awesome juices, the pan drippings into the bottom of the oven in this apartment. And uh, this billow of smoke just, you know, came out. And so we closed it as quickly as we can, but it, you, it was like haze. You couldn't see anything. And, uh, and every time she opened it to put the next dish in there to heat up, another thing of smoke would just come out. And so we're all walking around and going, man, oh, this is going to be a great Thanksgiving. We're just crying and tears are flowing and all that kind of stuff because we couldn't see because it was so much smoke. But the turkey came out awesome. And nonetheless, we had a great time and we were, we were making memories, right, honey? We were making memories. And so it was really good. So hope that you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Turn in your Bibles with me, if you would, to the book of John chapter 10. This morning, I want to share with you a message about the importance of hearing uh, the voice of God. And the four things that are critical in doing that, in, in other words, what I want to do is I want to uh, help you to understand that you need to know that God has a desire to speak to you and that you can hear from him. Especially in the times that we're living in, in, in right now, when there's so many other things, there's so many other voices that are uh, inundating us and coming after us, coming against us, that are trying to drown out the voice of the Lord. And so you're there in uh, John chapter 10, and this is the, uh, the, the Passion Translation, which is a new translation that I'm kind of looking into. I really enjoy it. Uh, but it starts in verse one. It says, listen to this eternal truth. The person who sneaks over the wall to enter into the sheep pen, rather than coming through the gate, reveals himself as a thief coming to steal. But the true shepherd walks right up to the gate. And because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in. And the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd, for he calls his own by name and he leads them out, for they belong to him. And when he has brought out all the sheep, he walks ahead of them and they will follow him, for they are familiar with his voice. But they will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. Verse one speaks of a person sneaking over the wall. And those are the other voices, the other things that I mentioned that are coming to steal from us. They're coming to dampen the voice of the Lord to us. Now, verse two speaks of Jesus, who is the true shepherd whom we are to follow. You see, back in the day, the shepherds, they would take their sheep out to graze. And there was not just one shepherd, there were multiple shepherds with multiple hundreds of sheep that would go out uh, to these green pastures. They would go to these still waters and they would water them, they would feed them. And then at night, when they would call their sheep together, they would pull all the sheep together and put them in these pens. 
And then they would, what they would do is they would position, they would take, I don't know if they drew lots or just drew sticks, whatever this is, who's going to get the first watch? And that shepherd would lay down and sleep at the sheep gate. He would lay there while all the sheep were in there. And so the only way that you could get into the sheep gate is you were to come up to, this, to the gatekeeper and say, you know, I'm a shepherd. He recognized your voice, recognized the shepherd, and then you could grab your sheep. And Jesus is saying the only way anybody else is getting in there is if they're going to climb over the fence to steal from the sheep. Okay, and so he's given this a picture of what the sheep are, what the shepherd are. Only a shepherd they would recognize, though, would be allowed to get in to the sheep pen. Now notice what it says in the scriptures we just read. The sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd. In this passage for you and I today, we're the sheep. And it goes on to say, for he calls us by name and he leads them out for they belong to him. As sheep, if you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you belong to the good shepherd, to the great shepherd Jesus. And when he br brings out all of his sheep, he walks ahead of them and they will follow him for they're familiar with his voice, which implies that we can hear his voice. So, but they will run away from a stranger and they will never follow them because they know the difference. They know the voice of a stranger voices the, versus the voice of the shepherd. Now look back at the beginning of the passage, if you would, for a moment. It says, listen to this eternal truth. And that's important there. In the Greek, it means amen, amen, amen. So be it. Some of your translations may say truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say unto you. But it's an eternal truth. And the definition there is an entity or a proposition that is true with no relation to time. So it's true, not always, not just always, but always with absolute necessity. Meaning it was true when Jesus said it, it's true now, and it will be true forever until Jesus returns again. The eternal truth is this, someone is trying to steal from you the ability to hear Jesus speak to you. But it's also an eternal truth that Jesus is speaking to you and that you as his sheep can hear him. That's an eternal truth. Jesus calls us his own by name and he leads us because we belong to him. So we have to learn to tune out the voice or the voices of the stranger the other things, and tune in to the voice of Jesus. Again, a promise from the, from, the, from the word of God, we can recognize the voice of the true shepherd. Now it goes on in John chapter 10. Jesus told the Pharisees this parable, even though they didn't understand a word of what he meant. So Jesus went over it again. Think about that. Jesus is talking to the most learned men, yet they cannot discern or hear the voice of Jesus because they're hearing all these other voices. So Jesus says, I speak to you an eternal truth. I am the gate for the flock. All those who broke in before me are thieves who come to steal, but the sheep never listen to them. I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience life and freedom and satisfaction. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, to slaughter, and to destroy. But I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you would expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. I am the good shepherd who lays down my life as a sacrifice for the sheep. Now here's a problem that we run into. 
the other voices. These other things, the other thieves that come in to steal from our lives the recognition of God's voice. The thief is Satan who comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. The translation we just read, slaughter. To steal, slaughter, and destroy. But Jesus comes that we have life and life abundantly. He says, more than you'd expect, I'm going to give you life. It's completely full. It is overflowing the kind of life that Jesus wants to give to you and I. Now, how many of you here this morning want to get into some of the overflow of the Lord? Amen? Amen. So how do we get there? Well, first, again, we have to tune out the other voices, tune into God's voice. And in order to do that, Jesus gives an illustration to the Pharisees and to us. And he says, you have to be like a sheep. To me, the shepherd. Now check out this video, and I'm gonna give you a little bit, an image of what it looks like. <laughs> one more time. Oh, one is. Quiet. Look at them, look at them. Isn't that amazing? They are coming. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe it. Oh my God. This is the first Oh my God. This is amazing. One more. Yeah, Eunice made him go away. Was that cool? Isn't that awesome? You see, the first three, he'd given them the word to say to call the sheep. And they call, they, the first one calls, and she's doing the best she can, and the sheep were just, they're doing like you and I would do. We would just eat, just keep eating, man. We're just, you know, and it goes one, two, and the third one, she's like, I'm tr- giving it one shot. She tries, and then she just turns around immediately. But then the shepherd comes. Shepherd stands there. He doesn't use any hand gestures. He has his hands down his sides behind his back and he just calls them. And you see the first sheep look up, they're like, hey, I know that voice. Then other heads pop up, other heads pop up. And before long, at the voice of the shepherd, they begin to come. They did not respond to the voice of a stranger. They knew it was different. It wasn't who their shepherd was. But the moment that the shepherd, they heard the shepherd's voice, they followed after him. And you see, he walks back later on and he goes and he feeds, he feeds the sheep. So now imagine all of these shepherds, not just one like we saw there in the video, but multiple shepherds with all their sheep gathered into a sheep pen. In the morning they rise to gather sheep at the mere sound of the voice of their shepherd, they separate each flock to one another, to one shepherd. Now here's the thing that you need to get in that picture. All of us are being shepherded by someone. The question is, 
Is it Jesus's voice who gives abundant life that we're following after? Or is it the voices of the world? Is it the voices of the enemy that we're following after? See, this eternal truth is that Jesus saying, my sheep hear my voice. As followers of Christ, we hear the voice of God. He has a desire in his heart to lead us to a life of abundance. But in order to do that, the first thing that we have to do is place our trust in God. If you're taking notes there, write that down. Trust God. See, again, the enemy wants to steal. He wants to slaughter. He wants to destroy us. That's his very nature. That's what he's after. And how's this, how this plays out practically in our lives on the day-to-day is that he tries to get us to place our trust in fear instead of into the voice of God. Here's a perfect, a good example. I might maybe it's a perfect example. And it's the easiest one I could think of this week as I was preparing. God says to you or speaks to you or a pastor speaks to you and he says, we need you to give to the Heart for the Kingdom Fund. We need you to begin to tithe to help build what God is building here. And the voice of the enemy or the voice of the world says, if you give, you're not going to have enough. And so fear comes in. Well, man, I want to give, but if I give to that, I'm not going to have enough for me. And see, it's contrary to what the Word of God says, right? But we're listening now to the voice of fear. And so we put our hands in our pocket and we just move on. God says to you, I need you to, and God's word says to you, or a preacher says to you, it's good to forgive your enemies or those who have hurt you. But the voice of the enemy says to you, if you forgive them, they're going to be let off the hook. And so you're like, you know what? I think I'll hold on to that unforgiveness just a little because I want to make sure that they're punished. And see, listen, unforgiveness doesn't punish the person you've held it against. It punishes you and keeps you in bondage. When you forgive, as the word of God tells us to do, it doesn't release them, it just sets you free. God will deal with them. So what voice are we listening to? The enemy wants us to to give in to fear and listen to that voice. But God's word says we need to trust God. See, we overcome fear that the enemy brings us by putting our trust in God by trusting in his word and being led by his spirit. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven says, for God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love and self-control. It isn't, if you have fear in your life right now, trust me, it's not from God. God doesn't give you fear. He gives you Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit gives you power, love and a sound mind. Jesus, the good shepherd, gave to, you, I, gave to you and I his spirit so that we can walk in power, that we can live a life of love, and that our mind would have self-control to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Therefore, as we trust that God wants to give us everything in abundance, that he wants to get us into that life of overflow more than we'd expect, then we'd be led by the spirit of God to trust in God's word. Now we're about to read in 1 John chapter five and you can begin to turn there now, but I want you to notice as we read this passage of scripture, the word believes. The the definition there is to have confidence in, to trust. Jesus for God is able to aid in obtaining anything or doing something. It's having that saving faith. 1 John chapter five, 
Listen for the word believes. Everyone who believes, in other words, who trusts that Jesus is a Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and we obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that, uh, that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes, again, trust that Jesus is the Son of God? We trust in Jesus. We trust his word and we're led by his spirit. In that scripture, that also goes to my next point and it says, obey his, keep his commandments. And the second one is obey God. So first we trust God and we overcome fear. Number two is we obey God, not the world, not the voice of the world. Again, let me recap here just a minute. We, we know that we're sheep. I explained that at the beginning. And as sheep, we're able to hear the voice of God so that we're able to trust his voice. And as we place our trust in him greater and greater, we're led by the spirit, we overcome fear, and we're able then to more clearly hear God's voice and be led by him. And here's the thing, when God speaks to you, his voice is always going to lead you to obedience, always. The enemy knows that this voice is going to try to lead you to obedience and he's going to try to steal that voice away from you so that you hear the things of the world, the voices of the, other, of the world that will cause us to disobey. That's why hearing the voice of obedience, hearing God is, obe is so important and obedience is so important. See, obedience allows us to experience freedom in God. It allows us to experience blessing in God. The same way that Jesus obeyed the voice of the Father. John 14, 31 says, but I do as the Father has commanded me. If God says it, I do it. Whatever he's doing, that I do. Whatever he says, that's what I say. I'm obedient. Luke eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus, Jesus says this. Yes, said Jesus. But God will bless all who listen to the word of God and carefully obey everything that they hear. All who obey, you and I. Jeremiah chapter seven, verses 22 and 23. When I led your ancestors out of Egypt, they were in bondage. He says, it was not burnt offerings or sacrifice I wanted from them. This is what I told them. Obey me. I and I will be your God and you will be my people. Do everything as I say and all will be well. If you look back another verse or two in that same passage, he says, listen, your burned sacrifices, your offerings, you eat, you eat those. I don't want those. I just want you to obey. When you hear my voice, do what I'm asking you to do. See, it's not just enough to hear the voice of God. We have to obey. That is what leads us to the blessing of God. Pastor Thomas shared this the other day. We're not to be just hearers of the word of God. We're to be doers of the word of God. Amen? Amen. Now, how many of you have ever heard anybody say this? And it probably wasn't you. I'm sure it wasn't you because you guys are too awesome and spiritual for this. But maybe you've heard somebody say this before. God has been telling me to do that for a long time. Stop elbowing your spouse. I'm just saying... Maybe God's, you've heard God say that to somebody else, not to you. Because you, as soon as God says something to you, we do it immediately. Am I right? Amen? 
But you've heard other people say, man, God's been telling me to do that for a long time. Here's what I want you to understand. If you know somebody, you can help them out when you, when you visit with them next time. When God tells you to do that, whatever that is, and they'll do that, it leads to blessing. We have to be quick to obey. My wife would tell our kids when they were growing up, slow obedience is no obedience. When God speaks, we hear, we listen, and we obey. We just read in Luke 28, God will bless all who listen to my word and obey everything that they hear. Again, the enemy's trying to turn down that voice, the voice of the Lord, to dampen the voice of God so that you obey the voices that the world is telling you are the truth. Listen, the enemy wants to corrupt you with his truth, which by the way are all lies. And he'll use the voice of the world to do just that. He'll lie to you. On the other hand, Jesus is the truth who wants to wash you with his truth, the word of God. I share with people, it's one of my life messages that each one of us in this room have a truth, a lens with which we see the world through. Your truth is different from my truth, but it's our truth. But here's what I tell them. Listen, you have a truth, but this is the truth that matters. This is the truth can, that can change everything. Your truth does not have the ability to change until you get God's truth in you. Amen? John 17, 17 says this, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. God's truth washes us. It cleanses us. It removes our truth and puts its truth in its place. As we receive the truth of God's word, as we obey it, we begin to walk in greater levels of freedom and are able to better silence the voices of the enemy. When that happens, we're sanctified with Jesus' truth. Listen, when the pressures of this world, when the ugliness of the world and the frustrations of the world that we see all around us come to our doorstep, what happens? Does God's truth come out of you? See, I see people all the time, I visit with people all the time and they're pressured, they're, they're, they're struggling, they're in a bad place. The pressures of this world are squeezing them. And a lot of times what happens is you want God's word to come out of them, but a lot of times fear comes out of them. Doubt, unbelief, all of those things when these pressures come. We need to allow the word of God to be richly dwelling inside of us so that when pressure comes, the truth comes out of God's word. See, the enemy tries to, again, fill us with fear. If you give, you're not gonna have enough. That's the world squeezing us and putting pressure on us. What should come out of us is God's word. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. God is going to give to me a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over into my lap, he's going to give. When the pressure comes, I speak the word of God, and you should as well. Not the voices of the world that tell you we're going to have lack or nothing at all. The voices of the world say, listen, if you forgive, they're going to be let off the hook. Or, more, or this is even the, the bigger word, God is never going to forgive you because you've already come to them, him with that. He's done with you. 
The word of God says, when the pressure comes and it comes out, it goes, God's mercies are new every morning. As I confess my sins to God, he's, evil, he's, he's able to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You're going to be alone. People are done with you. They're tired of messing with you anymore. You're by yourself. That's what the enemy says. That's the voices of the enemy. God's voice says, I will never leave you or forsake you, but I'll be with you always. I go before you. I can camp myself around you, and my glory is your rear guard. I'm always with you. When the pressures of the world comes out, what comes out of you when you're squeezed? Sadly, for a lot of people within the body of Christ, the squeezing usually reveals an anemic spiritual condition. We often drift off in the course of days and weeks and months and maybe even years without even realizing it because we're not hearing the voice of God or if we are, we're not obeying the voice of God. We're hearing the voice of the enemy. We're following after the voices of the world. Therefore, we're not hearing and we're not obeying. So we have to hear God's voice and we have to obey. One of the questions we get all the time is, well, how do we hear God? And I showed you the first one. It's the word of God. You read what's in here. You meditate. You study the word of God. And God will begin to speak it to you. The second way that you hear God is through the prophetic voice of God's spirit. As you're reading the word of God, maybe it's this passage you've read hundreds of times. But on that particular day, that voice hits you right where you're sitting, right where you're standing, right there. God goes, this today is what I'm speaking to you. That's the prophetic voice of God. So you read, and then you allow the Spirit of God to begin to lead you prophetically and speak to you. The third way is peace. God will speak through peace. Now, peace doesn't mean you're going to be comfortable. Sometimes God's speaking to you, and there's a peace in the midst of the uncomfortable. You're going, I know this doesn't feel good, but I'm going to trust God. I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to move. And there's a piece that you know, God is going to provide. God is going to take care of me. God is going to do what he's going to do. And, and you step out. So peace, be led by peace. People come to me and they'll say, Eddie, we don't know if we should do this or we'll do that. And I'm like, well, have you, have you prayed? Are you reading God's word? Yes, we're doing all those things. Do you have peace? No, then I will just sit tight for a minute. Or yes then trust God. You're leaning into God. You're seeking. You're praying. There's peace. Take a step forward. Listen, God is a big God. He can move you all the way back around and put you in the same place if he needs to. Having peace is not the absence of being, being uncomfortable, but it's the very presence of God to lead you. Number four is authority. God places authorities in our lives. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to speak into your life, but you should have one or two, maybe three people, your pastors, your friends, or a family member that speak into your life, and they're able to admonish you, to correct you, to encourage you, all those things. And they can hear God with you. And so you say, hey, listen, I've been praying about this, and this is what, and you're an authority in my life. What, what, what do you think? What is your counsel? That's one of my favorite things about our children right now as they're, as they're outside of the house, is now we're, uh, we, we tell them, hey, we don't want to parent you anymore. You're grown but we'll give you counsel. And they call us all the time. Hey, dad, what do you think about this? Or dad, what do you think about that? Can I have your counsel on these things? We're a voice into their lives. But we also tell them, go to your pastor at your church and ask for counsel there. And they've got a group of friends that they get counsel from as well. 
So we hear God four ways. The Bible, the prophetic voice of the Spirit speaking to us through the Word, peace, and authority. Colossians 3, 15, 16 says, let your heart always be guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as a part of his one body. Always be thankful. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with the songs, with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the spirit. So sing to God with all your heart. In that one passage, three of the four that I gave you are in that passage. So we trust God. We obey when we hear God say, speak to us. And number three, we seek God. We seek God. We don't seek self. When people come into my office and I'll be counseling with them or whatever, I use the word a lot, do not navel gaze. Anybody ever heard that before? Yeah, this is what it is. It's like this. You just don't look at your navel. You don't look at your belly button there. No, don't navel gaze. And here's what I mean by that. Get your eyes towards heaven and less on the present circumstance. See yourself seated in heavenly places. If all you do is focus on what is wrong, all you will ever see is what is wrong. But when you get your eyes on Jesus, when you get your eyes on his word and on his promises, and as you begin to obey what he's saying, circumstances begin to shift in the spirit realm. And I promise you when they shift in the spirit realm, they'll shift in the natural realm. We seek first the kingdom of God. That's where the answers lie. Your answer doesn't lie in the problem. It lies in Jesus. Matthew 6, says, so above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Trust God, obey, and seek God. Number four, stay in the flock. In other words, you're not, don't be alone. We have to stay connected. There are no lone rangers within the body of Christ. Listen, you'll never see a sheep alone by itself. And if you do, you can be rest assured it's probably going to become food very quickly. God calls us to family, his family. And then he calls us to one another. If you're a part of this church family, that's awesome. If you don't have a church family yet, you're welcome here to, be, to become a part of this family. If this is not your church, you don't have a church yet, find a church. Find a place to plant yourself, to get connected. We'll help you to do that very thing. There's protection in the flock. There's provision in the flock. There's blessing in the flock. You have to stay connected. John chapter 10, verse 16 says, and I have other sheep that I will gather which are not of this Jewish flock. He's speaking about you and I now. And I, as the shepherd, must lead them too. And they will follow me and listen to my voice. And I will join them all into one flock with one shepherd. Jesus is saying, I'm going after these other sheep, you and I. 
And they're going to hear my voice. They're going to obey. They're going to trust. They're going to follow after that, 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 the, me, the shepherd, and we're going to all be one together. Jesus this morning, the good shepherd, he wants us to trust him. He wants us to obey him and to seek God the Father, to be led by the Holy Spirit, not seeking for answers that the world offers, muting those voices. Jesus wants us to learn to hear him through the written word. He wants to speak to us prophetically through that word. He wants to lead us by peace. Fill us with his presence. And he'll bring authorities, other people into our life to speak for him as well. As I begin this morning, I said you need to know that God has a desire to speak to you. And that you can hear him. And that is so needed in the times that we're living in today. Amen? Stand up with me if you would, please. If you just do me a quick favor, just bow your head and close your eyes for me, please. I just want this to be a time, a moment here with you and the Lord. I want you to ask yourself, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? If you're in a place here in this room this morning, you're there online, you're at home or your place of business, but this morning you would say, man, I'm not really hearing God right now. I'm hearing all the other voices. If that's you with your head bowed and your eyes closed, so this will be a private moment between you, but I wanna ask you to do me a favor, just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you, I see you. Keep your hands up just for a moment, please. All around this room, hands are going up. I want to pray with you. The, the, God, the, the Holy Spirit would allow you to mute those voices that are drowning out in the voice of the Lord and that you would be able to hear God more clearly today. So I want to ask you to do me a favor. As you raise one hand, I want you to put both hands up. Now, if you can look at me now just for a moment, if you raise your hand, just kind of place them up like a funnel. Some people say this is a place of surrender. You know, like if, if you know, you're surrendering, and I, that's, that's true, but I want you to present yourself like a funnel to be able to allow God to pour his spirit into you this morning. Father God, you see these hands lifted up. And in boldness, they come this morning to say, God, they're having a hard time hearing you this morning, Lord God. The voices of the world, the voices of the enemy are drowning out your voice, Lord God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would come, Holy Spirit, and fill them with your spirit. As they lift up their hands in faith, Lord God, they're trusting you to fill them today. Just say these words with me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, mute the voices of the world. Mute the voices of the enemy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There may be some of you here this morning that as I was speaking, say, you know, I don't even know who Jesus is. I don't know the shepherd. So how can I hear him? 
Before you leave today, I want to give you an opportunity to, to meet the Good Shepherd, Jesus. If you're here in this room or maybe you're there online and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, today is that opportunity. Today is a day of salvation for you. Jesus is standing at the door and he's knocking and all you have to do is let him in. So if you're in this room or there online, I want to ask you if you need to surrender today your life to Jesus Christ. Here in this room, if you would raise your hand, I want to pray with you this morning. If that's you, you say, well, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus, but I want to do that today. Or maybe I have, but today I want to, I want to return because I've kind of fallen away from him. If you're online there and that would be you, you can just click on the hand emoji or post the hand emoji saying, I'm raising my hand online here because I want to surrender my life to Jesus. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to all pray with you. We do this every week. We're going to pray a prayer with you. And the first reason we're praying to get with you is because we want you to know we love you and we support you and we're standing with you in your decision to follow Christ today. And the second reason is because, listen, we're being saved daily. We need grace every single day to get through this life. And so I want you to, as a, as a church family, just to pray with me this prayer. Father God, I come to you in need of a Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a clap offering for those who have their hands up for this morning? Listen, if you raise your hand this morning, we have a Bible that we want to give you. It's a fresh start Bible. It's kind of like this one here, and it's going to disciple. It's, going to, it's got a bunch of discipleship material. Obviously, it's got the Word of God. It'll give you the tools that you need to start this new journey. So if you're here this morning, before you leave today, stop at our Welcome Center. We'll have a gift bag for you with that Bible and some other information. If you're there online, you can text New Life, all one word, New Life, to 30500 or email, if you're international, you can email newlifeatrevcity.com and we'll get these things mailed out to you and in your mailbox as quickly as we can. Isn't God good this morning? Listen, we're gonna, we're gonna close with worship and I want you to understand something. You can hear God and God is speaking to you and press in and trust. Even when it, when it doesn't seem like he's working, God is working on your behalf, amen? God bless you. Let's worship the Lord this morning.